You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, middle of the night. Whenever you've decided to listen to us, we appreciate it. For us, this is the earliest podcast yeah. we've ever done. It is sub 7:30 right now, and for for us, that's just a different dynamic yeah. for doing a podcast. To but, say I'm feeling good would be a faith statement. But hey, we're men of faith, and honestly, I actually think I do my best work in the morning, so have your expectation up. I don't know how that works. You can't really put a draw on this podcast because it's already been recorded when you hear it, but I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go, Pastor Jonathan? Yeah, I made mention of the word of the day right before this, so I decided to look up the word of the day. We were inspired from our last guest, uh, Addison Bevere. He is a very robust... And yes. full. I uh, was trying to find another awesome word yeah. to say other than robust. He has, yeah, vocabulary. He, very a myriad of robust words. The easiest technical word I always feel drawn to is plethora. Yeah, I don't know I, why. I have a few different words for me. A lot. There's copious, copious, myriad, plethora, smorgasbord. That's not that good. What else? I think that's sufficient. So what is the word of the day? Well, I have to wait for my ad to stop playing. Apparently. Okay. Um, I was going to say, maybe your phone needs to wake up too. Talk amongst yourselves, everybody. My phone is playing a very long ad. How many seconds you got left? Like five-ish. Four. Yeah. Three. So if you don't know, there's a free app called Word of the Day, and it helps just broaden your vocabulary. It gives you a new word every day, and then you can try and use it in a sentence. Um. We're still just making small talk till we get that word of the day. Maybe we can fit that word of the day into our podcast. That would be exciting. I I, I totally think we could. Here's the word of the day. Oh, I already know this one. I feel smart. Impetuous. Impetuous means acting. Well, I think it means being kind of reckless. Let's see what it it means. Acting or done quickly and without thought or care. Impetuous. Impetuous. So try a way to put that in uh, your vocabulary today. Impetuous. All right, we're going to try to not be impetuous with this podcast. We're going to put some thought into the words we say. Amen. Amen. That was a cheap use of that word. I apologize. But <laughs> I want to make mention of a character in the Bible. I like sometimes just imagining when I read the Bible that I'm one of the characters in it or what that person was going through. And this certain person was only mentioned in a couple scriptures in, I think, three of the Gospels. And we're going to look at Mark 15, 21 through 22. And see how this character comes in play in the Bible. It says, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. If you're wondering who his cross is, that's Jesus' cross. Capital H. Capital H. Capital H his. (laughs) (laughs) And they brought him, capital H, to the place Golgotha, which is translated the place of the skull. So I read this one day in the Bible concerning uh, Simon, and I just, God started speaking to me about some things to ponder about his Mm. life and how it could apply to my life and hopefully your life as well, listener. And also that we can have- My life too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yes. I was going to say. Oh, you said my life and your life. You were referring to me. No. Were you? No. Oh. I was saying listener, but yes, your life as well. Okay. Thank you. I was thinking you're listening to me in this moment, so it <laughs> yeah, might also apply to you. That's true. Keep going. So the first thing that I notice is that Jesus was in a time of need. 
uh, he really needed someone's yeah. help. He was, he, f- he fell under the burden of the yeah. weight of the cross. He needed someone to carry his cross. And this was not a popular time for Jesus. There's yeah. times where Jesus was very popular. Like just a few days before this, Hosanna, Hosanna, Palm Fronds. Pa- Hosanna, Hosanna, Palm Fronds, y'all. <laughs> Riding in on a colt. Yeah, yeah. Not a donkey, a colt, right? A colt. He was riding in on a colt into Jerusalem and everyone was saying, save now. He was the hero. But in this moment, he's not the hero. And it's interesting. I was starting to think when times Jesus is popular and when there are times that Jesus just isn't as popular. And sometimes when Jesus is popular that we like to get on the Jesus bandwagon. Sometimes, you know, a team gets popular and they're a little unknown. And then you get on there their bandwagon yeah. because it's just the hype thing to do when you walk into a restaurant and you see the TV on you you just make mention of one of the players to show that you're part of the yes. the craze going on of the popular team in the that day. That had happened recently with the Stanley Cup. A lot of people jumped on the Avalanche bandwagon. They really did. Even our own Colorado fan base, it wasn't very big and all of a sudden Boom, Stanley everyone. Cup, everyone's there, man. Right. Happened to the Milwaukee Bucks two years ago when they won the NBA championship. So you want to go? I digress. What, what's going on here? Well, there's something that's happening when people get caught up in the craze of popularity. So when yeah. is Jesus popular? Well, I think two times of the year that really pop up: Ooh. Easter and Christmas. And Christmas. Come on. So I want to encourage you. This last week on this podcast, we had a chief operating officer of a company. Yeah. Or you can call them a coup. <laughs> C-O-O, not a coup. <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right. So that's awesome. Man, some of us would love to be a yeah. chief operating officer, but I want to encourage you right now on this podcast, do not be a CEO. Mm. You go, wait, what? What's the matter with being a CEO? Is that a higher up position? Maybe I am a CEO and, and you're wondering why I have against you. No, play on words. Christmas, Easter only Christian, Christmas, Easter only Christian. Do not be one of those because what you're proving is that you get caught up in the popularity of Jesus, but not just, but not also when he's in need and you're like, well, is Jesus really in need? What are your thoughts on that? Is Jesus ever in need? Uh, Was that one moment when Jesus was suffering and maybe there's no more suffering of Jesus? I don't think that he's suffering, obviously, in the way that he did when he was here on this earth. I think he can be, uh, he can be, I mean, the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. I would venture to say that even we can make the heart of Jesus sad sometimes because the way Jesus operates in this earth is through his body. We know this in the word. It says that Jesus is the head and that we, the church, are his body. If the body isn't functioning properly, it probably makes the head a little disappointed. But, um, let me just go back. I was just thinking how many people who were laying the palm fronds down saying Hosanna were there in that moment when he was traveling up that road to Golgotha who maybe did nothing or maybe even spat on him and, and did what the crowd was doing. And here's the thing too. I know we were talking about popularity. There's a, there's a concept here that's, it's not really a concept. It's something that's proven. It's called mob mentality. Oh yeah. And when you are in a mob of people, whether good or bad, the general uh, theme of what the crowd is doing, you will do for instance when there's a mob going down the street one person by themselves is not likely to just throw a brick through a window but when they get through when they get in a big crowd that person uh because it's what's called shared responsibility you cannot blame any one person for what has happened so you begin to do things that you wouldn't normally do because of shared responsibility whether good or bad so sometimes when you're just in a large group of people even if your heart's not in it you're just going to do what they do 
even more reason to determine what kind of group you're going to be a part right. of. And hopefully you've chosen to be a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. And I think that's what I was going to make mention to just what Pastor Jonathan was saying, is maybe the suffering of Jesus right now is he would love to go around Glenwood, Newcastle, Silt, uh, Steamboat. I heard Parker Lindquist listens to our podcast. Hey, shout out Parker. Hey, Parker, I don't know if you know this, but you look exactly like Miko Rantanen. Who, if you jumped on the Avalanche bandwagon this uh, this playoff session, you would know who he is. But yeah. he's did, did Jake Malden come up yeah. to you and go, is that, guy, is, that Miko? is that Miko Rantanen? That kid looks just like Miko Rantanen. Yeah. It's a good thing, man. Parker, thanks for listening. Appreciate right. you. I've watched you play basketball. You're a stud. There you go. But So wherever you're listening, Jesus would love to walk the streets and lay hands on people and see miraculous healings. Yeah. But the suffering he may be experiencing Ooh. is he doesn't have a physical body on this earth to work through, right. except for you and me and the body of Christ. Yes. So his suffering is he can't necessarily on the day-to-day go around and function. Sure, there's an awareness of the awesomeness of Jesus on Easter and Christmas. It seems like sometimes it's waning as our culture goes a different way. Right. But how much more on the day-to-day are we being that representative force? Yeah. So really, a devoted disciple, because I think the principles I'm getting out of Simon's sight of Cyrene show us what a devoted disciple looks like. They're not just asking what they can get. You look at even Easter and Christmas, those are receiving holidays. Right. Christmas, Jesus was born into the world. Easter, we get new life through his sacrifice. Yeah. But a lot of the other weeks, we get to ask the question, what can we give based on the gift that you gave to us from these holidays? Makes me think of what JFK said. I can't remember that amazing quote. That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That's a that's a very No, I think that might, that could be almost exactly it. I don't know. Yeah. He had a way with words. Hey, fun fact, JFK spoke at around 130 words per minute, which is like the sweet spot for the human ear when you're listening to something. That's part of the reason why he was such a great orator. I had to take a swig of coffee because that was a good <laughs> little tidbit of knowledge. So that's just some thoughts. And I, I just want to let you know, it's interesting that we wouldn't have even heard about Simon of Cyrene if he wasn't drawn into the suffering of Jesus. Mm. So often we're pulled away from difficulty or hardship, but the thing that actually made Simon significant was that he was able to carry in that difficult moment. Hey, if he just stayed on the side of the road as Jesus was passing by uh, and nothing happened, would we ever have even known it? No, he was drawn into the Bible because he entered into that difficulty. So I would encourage us, and especially us as men, I believe us as men, we have a a special obligation and not a burdensome one. There's going to be some burden. There's going to be some difficulty, but if we pick it up that we're obligated to enter into some difficult situations in our God will be known and we will find a place of fulfillment as we choose to do the hard thing, not just the easy thing. Well, as Christians, as saints, as Addison would put it, if you haven't read that book, I'd go ahead and uh, encourage you to buy it. Saints. Uh, he talks about being a saint. Uh, really, you are supposed to be faithful, and that, that fa- being faithful is twofold um, being full of faith. So, having enough faith and trust that God is who He says He is in believing, but proving yourself faithful and trustworthy in the process. So, you can't, it's not enough to just say, I believe in Christ. What happens is when you are faithful, you validate your faith with your actions. And so, what are you doing in the day to day? What are you doing outside the two holidays of Christmas and Easter that? prove and validate that you sit that you believe what you say you believe very well said
I need to check on the recording. Okay, he's going to check on the recording. I'm going to keep podcasting here. Uh, and it, it's interesting. We we want to look at how we're drawn into the suffering of Jesus and how we know if we're really actually being operative with what God has for us to do. I, I wrote this down about Simon of Cyrene. I put, his purpose wasn't just to know what Jesus was carrying. It wasn't to pick it up. It was to carry it. <laughs> He waited till the end of that statement to crack open his Coke Zero. I'm not. doing some hot cold treatment, y'all. <laughs> hot coffee and then a cold Coke Zero. Oh, man. Aren't really, we living a life here? I don't know how healthy that is. So just think about it. A lot of times, how do you define your maturity in Christ or your maturity in any subject? Is it your knowledge? Is it is it the... I mean, for us, we like to know some interesting facts that comes out in the podcast a lot. Is that what makes us a smart person? Is that what makes us a wise person? Mm. But really, I think that's not connected to necessarily our maturity. Our maturity is found in what we actually carry, what we actually do with what we know. So it's interesting that Simon didn't just go, oh, wow, that's a heavy cross. Oh, wow, let me go touch it. Man, that's heavy. No, he actually had (laughs) to carry it for Jesus. So what are we carrying for God? What are we moving forward? What are we advancing? John Bevere was just at the church, and he was talking about how we all have different charismas, graces specific to us, and they work in the workplace, they work at home, they work in the church. We all have different ones. And how do we stir up the gift? Well, his main way of saying stir up the gift is using it. it. Are we actually using what we have or are we just talking about what we have? Right. And a important point to make there is when he says use it, you're like, I I, I don't know how. This reminds me of what was said on last week's podcast with Addison Bevere. God can do a lot with an imperfect step. So even when you don't know exactly what to do or how to do, if you feel God's leading, take the step. If you feel like this, I think this might be my gift, start to operate in it. And that's what grace is there for. And it helps empower you to do what you couldn't do on your own, even if you don't know exactly what you're doing. Just take the step, as imperfect as it might be, and grace comes in and helps you with that. And maybe you're in a spot of, let's just be honest, depression, Mm. and you're like, man, I'm not good at anything. I have nothing to do. I bet you, if you humble yourself, yeah, get out of a spot of pride because God's resisting you right now because you're prideful, because you're saying you're not good at anything. You're devaluing anything and everything that God's ever put on your life. Humble yourself and listen to when people have complimented you on anything. Because I really believe a gift makes room for itself. And if I'm gifted or graced in something and I start to operate it, sometimes even by accident, Somebody will acknowledge that. Somebody will be like, wow, they might not say I'm the best at it. They might not say I'm the GOAT or the Michael Jordan of it, but they're going to say, wow, you're, that, that was really good. And in that moment, I can either devalue what they acknowledge or I can test it, step out. Even if I make some mistakes with the wrong step with the right heart, that's the importance of it. You can take wrong steps with the wrong heart and it'll move you away from what God has for you. But as long as you are trying and endeavoring to seek God, grow your gift and advance the kingdom for him, you can take some wrong steps with the right heart and still get to the right place. Use it and you'll see your charisma grow. But the point is, there's got to be a spot of action. Knowledge is knowing just the word. Understanding is how the word comes together. Wisdom is the application and right use of the understanding that you've received. We want to be people of wisdom that actually move the things of Jesus forward. And sometimes they're not 
popular and sometimes they're difficult. And I was thinking of when I was in high school, I played hockey for the Aspen skiers. Uh, nice. Shout out to the skiers. Probably not many listeners <laughs> have any connection to the skiers other than beating them in high school sports. Uh, I have a connection to the skiers. I have an old Aspen skiers hockey Jersey that I wear to stick and pucks that your dad gave me. Very cool. Cool. <laughs> was it an Aspen leaf or Aspen skiers? Oh, it's the leaf. Sorry. Okay. The leaf. We lost My the bad. connection. I'm we sorry. lost the connection. But, when we were playing on that team, we were in the high school and they invited this lady in to help uh, like soothe us and so we could calm down before a game. But she brought in like a straight up Buddhist practice. And we were all in this auditorium, parents, athletes alike. And she was down at the bottom and she said, okay, we're all going to do this. And she started doing it. And my spirit was just like, you can't do this. This is not right. Yeah. So I stood up and I said, ma'am, I... I'm just going to have to step out. I, I'm not comfortable doing this with my faith. And I was stood out in the hallway and I was so embarrassed. It's not like I was <laughs> so passionate for Jesus, but I actually had somebody come up afterwards like, wow, like, you know, it's amazing what it can do. And it seemed like something completely difficult, completely hard. And I was not popular. And I was the one where everyone was looking at. And it mm. seemed strange. Simon was the one who everyone was looking at with Jesus in that moment. Wasn't right. popular. Wasn't, was very difficult. But I know those moments shaped yeah. me and they helped build a spiritual backbone right. in me. You went against the mob, even when it was unpopular That's to it. do so. And you stood up. And you validated what you believed through your actions. Wow, Even you, if you were embarrassed outside of the room, you still did it. Yeah, you really put language to what happened. There. Thank you. I've had many situations where I've done the opposite, especially when I was younger. And I still remember those. I believe that obviously I'm forgiven. I've, I've uh, um, moved past that. But still, there's some regrets there. I wish I would have done things differently when I was younger because playing on high school sports, and it, just me growing up playing baseball and basketball, riding on the bus, people listening to music, you know, you want to try and listen to your Christian music and you get shut down. And then, so that happened to me. I got shut down on the bus for listening to some Christian music. And then I made sure after that, that I was listening to the popular music and, oh, if this kid was around, I'd play this music. I totally conformed to the system and the culture of the bus and the yeah. kids that were on the bus. And it was really a moment where, um, I experienced some suffering and I caved to that and I went with the mob. Yeah. And I've been in the same spot. I'm thinking of a time where I was at the pool one time and somebody was talking to me while I was taking a shower, which first off, that'll make you uncomfortable in the first place. <laughs> uh, and I was uh, there and they were asking me, this was back, I was younger. I was probably in late middle school or high school. And uh, they straight up asked me like, hey, like, what are you doing after? And I was like, going to do something with church or something. And I totally like lied and denied it straight up, pretty much denied Christ in that moment. Mm. And you realize those moments. It's like, wow, I just denied like, my Jesus. faith. Yeah. I denied Jesus. And in the Bible, there's strong things. It says, you <laughs> deny me before a man, yeah. I'll deny you before my father. But we see that Peter did. And he humbled himself. He repented. Right. But how do we build ourselves up for those difficult moments? I think conversations like these, yeah. looking at people in the Bible who did things that are difficult, unpopular, but for Christ, can help form that backbone. So when we find ourselves in those difficult moments, yeah. we stand, we don't fail, we don't fall, we don't crumble. Amen. Yeah. Amen <laughs> yeah, take a deep breath. It's good so stuff. This is this is kind of maybe the turning point and maybe starts to lead into what will be my wisdom of the day. But it's interesting that when he ended up moving it forward, 
people started following him. Yeah. So S- Simon, yes, and the cross. You can know about something and even pick it up, but people don't follow you until you carry what God has given you. That's good. I think you should say that again. Okay. You can know about something and even pick it up, but people don't follow you until you carry what God has given you. Yeah. I believe there's something inside of us that really just want to be productive. There's something that want to make our life yeah. worth meaning. But the tough part is you got to add some action to it. We already kind of touched on it. Yeah. We got to stir up. We got to apply something. We got to move forward. But Simon was not being influential in that moment. But yeah. he, the moment he started carrying the cross, man, the Via De La Rosa, everyone mm. kept following. Yeah. So until you start moving something, you're not going to be influential. You go, right. man, I just want to lead people. Well, you, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Right. You can't lead somebody if you're yeah, not man, walking. Leading implies a destination is at hand. And that need it needs to be reached. So yeah, it's not enough to just pick up the cross. Oh man, this is heavy, Jesus. Yeah, wow, this is heavy, man. You're having having a tough time and put it back on Jesus. No, you you need to take that and run with it and carry it. And we need to run away from this illusion that Christianity and being a saint is uh, sunshine and rainbows all the time. You know, Jesus said in um, Matthew 16 that you are to pick up your cross and follow Him. And at, I just, this is interesting too. Yeah, we, you, when he says pick up your cross, a lot of times we think about like, uh, you know, my situation, my difficulty, whatever that might be. I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to run with it. Yes, to, yes, like that is right. But more importantly, whose cross are you carrying? Just Simon didn't pick up his own cross. Simon picked up the cross of Jesus. And so what was Jesus all about? The kingdom, right? We know that. Yeah. And if you were here with Addison, he, he made that point too, that Jesus mentioned the kingdom more than any other subject yes. in the Bible. And so when he talks about picking up your cross, I think it's really important to make sure that you understand the, the vision and the culture of the kingdom, what it means to advance that kingdom. And you pick up that cross, the cross of Jesus, and you carry it forward. Take the vision forward. Take the people forward. That's what God told Moses in the Old Testament. Take or lead the people forward. And so you got you to gotta figure out what cross what cross are you bearing and a lot of times we have the the wrong cross we have our own ambition our own desire our own agenda and we go man this is just my cross for Christ no it's your own vision and God's wanting you to he's wanting to give you his vision right because vision ultimately comes from heaven in the first yes. place if we're trying to design our own life and we say it's a burden and we're carrying it for Christ we're missing it pick up the cross of Jesus Simon carried the cross of Jesus exactly and that that's where I was going to go with oh, this. Nice. You can't follow something that isn't advancing. He was advancing something, but so often we're carrying something and we have to ask this. I mean, I just, I, I saw it as I was reading this story I, and I wrote it down like this. If you are doing something on your own, people will follow you. But if you carry what is Christ, people will follow Christ. Amen. Our first responsibility is not first to be a leader, but first a follower. Come on. So the best heroes of our faith talking the OGs, the originals, Peter, Paul, they referred to themselves as bond servants yeah. of Christ. They, yeah. they, they saw themselves as that. How often have you read in the New Testament, one of the disciples, one of them going, hi, I am Paul, a leader. Right. <laughs> like not too often they've referred to themselves as certain ministerial positions, but first they were a follower. Right. So the thing is, Simon carried the cross, but none of us in our churches have a picture of Simon like <laughs> bent over. It's not about Simon. He right. carried something that wasn't his. Uh-huh. So we're going to have to eventually give an account 
for what we did in this body. One of the right. six foundational truths of the Christian faith is eternal judgment. Mm. Yeah. That's for believers and unbelievers. So unbelievers, sure, that's a scary and ominous thing to be separated God forever. Yeah. But even us as Christians, we're going to go to heaven, but we're going to give an account for everything we did in the body right. on this earth. Yeah. We get so scared of that. But that, that the writer of Hebrews says, this is, why are we going to lay these foundations again? Everybody should be, everybody should know this. Because we don't like talking about it. We don't it. like talking about it. But I really, I will talk about it. I really like what, what John Bevere ha- mentioned. And even uh, people like Joe Morris have mentioned that we get, a, Judgment Day gets a bad rap um, because y- y- there's a lot of fear and trepidation there. But really he said, it's going to be more of like a reward ceremony for what you've been given on this earth. So don't take it, you know, you don't want to do anything by fear. You want to do things out of love, but understand God's given you a gift. He expects you to use it. He expects a return on his investment, but he's giving you swaths. Ooh, that's a good word of grace to help you accomplish it because he wants to reward you on that day. He really right. does. It, it, the emphasis is on reward. And Pastor yeah. Mark even talked about this when he went through this series on the foundations of the Christian faith. Is Paul's always talking about running. It's talking about finishing your race. I've done all. I'm This one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind, pressing on to the prize. Right. Paul's language is reward-based. And that yeah. judgment seat was called a Bema seat. And that Bema seat was where the emperor would sit and wouldn't necessarily go, you failed. Right. He would present the prize to the winner of it. So the emphasis is on the prize of what we're That's doing. Good. And I like what John Bevere said. We're mentioning the same ministers <laughs> a lot, but when you're connected to the body of Christ with good teaching, thank you, Pastor Mark, yeah. for teaching us well and bringing in ministers who teach well, they, they bring good revelation. But John Bevere said that so often we, we think, oh no, I'm going to be judged for the wrong thing I did, this wrong thing I did. I said this bad word. I, I cheated at work. Yeah, that, that might be some of the judgment, but the real judgment is that God has a book of life that your name's written in, but also your days were written in a book. And yeah. that judgment is going to be compared. How did your life live out compared to the life I designed for you? Yeah. So not so much the bad things you did, but did you do the things that I had lined out for you before the foundation of time because we were made for good works. So my point is being, just look at your day-to-day because our eternity, really our actions on this earth make up our eternity, but the end destination of our life is made up of days. Is your today. My my day's still shallow and early because it's before (laughs) 8 a.m. I'm just about to start my work day. But will my day-to-day reflect Jesus's ambition, Jesus's pursuit, or my own. And I believe if we look at each day that way, we'll get to a life that reflects Christ, not ourself. Yeah. Amen. And I think, you know, you're talking about how do I apply this in life? Um, Well, anytime that you feel, I'm going to say these words again, at the tension, right? What was talked about in last week's podcast. Anytime you feel tension in a moment in a situation where you have an option to either be the person who lays the palm front or the person who spits on Jesus, that those are two radical yeah. extremes. But just either standing up for what you believe or not, um, good. Uh, relying on that grace to do so, and taking the small steps. And and um, I was just thinking about you know, there's people who who have really awesome testimonies about getting people saved and healed and delivered and standing up for Christ in, 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 in really hard situations. And you're like, man, that, that seems crazy. Well, 
I believe you, that you are totally capable of doing that, but let's start with something very practical. So for those of you listening, maybe something very practical you can do is, um, you know, when you're going, you know, if you live in Rifle, or if you want to go to Sonic, you, know, you pull into the Sonic drive through and you're listening to your Christian music with the windows down That's good. and you're parked there, you want to eat your food and you feel kind of a attention there like i should turn this down i don't want people to you know know that i'm listening to christian music right then and there that's a decision that you can make that promotes the kingdom that stands up for jesus right so just do that and 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 as you take that step of faith and as you you know get in that uncomfort zone you know, it's going to help build you up for the next time. And, and then there might be another opportunity where the stakes and the pressure is even a little bit higher. But because you've acted on your faith the, the time before, you receive even more grace for the next time. And you find yourself doing what I would say harder and harder things going against the mob uh, uh, even more to, to the point where now you're standing up for Christ it, it, when someone is, is denying him right in front of your face or you have an opportunity to actually deny your faith, you won't because you've built yourself up in these small instances and circumstances. I think it's really important. I mean, we, we look at these heroes of faith and we think, how could I ever get there? You get there by taking small steps. Yeah, um, very true. So do that. Any opportunity that you have, no matter how small or big it is, trust God, believe, have, you know, access the grace. Because again, your actions validate your faith in what you believe. Very good. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of a mouthful. I, I apologize. Well, you know, but. this podcast by nature is a <laughs> string of mouthful statements. Yeah. Uh, I'm at a good spot. I... I would like to get into the wisdom of the day. I think those are a lot of things that we can take away and hopefully enough for you to chew on. I, my wisdom of the day is the statement that Pastor Jonathan made, and it really is that if you are doing something on your own, people will follow you. But if you carry what is Christ, people will follow Christ. Our first responsibility is not first to be a leader, but first a follower. Yeah. Uh, we will always be under leadership. If our goal to become better leaders is to be our own boss, you're never going to be the boss of your own life. Yeah. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, he is Lord. He is master. He calls the shots. If you're going to paint your house, you got to, I'm just making an analogy. There's, there's Jesus. You're going to have to check in with him if it's okay. You're, you, you're renting this life. You're in yeah. submission to Jesus in this life. And he's going to give you leeway in moments. But for the most part, we have to remember, my first responsibility is to be a follower. And at yeah. the end of my life... Is it going to be known that I did a lot and people recognized me, which is limited, or are they going to go, John did a lot for Jesus and it's expansive? Amen. Yeah, my wisdom is fairly similar to yours, but asking yourself the question, whose cross am I carrying? And making that distinction that Simon didn't pick up his own cross. And even when Jesus instructs you to pick up your own cross, it, it does have a number of meanings, but ultimately it's picking up the cross of Christ, the vision of, of building and advancing the kingdom in this earth and running and leading with that. His, um, cause, uh, you know, the Bible says, unless, um, Oh, I'm going to butcher the scripture. Uh, unless the master builds the house. He, oh, I'm not saying it right. He who builds labors in vain. Unless yeah, it's, it's in the, yeah. You Unless the, Lord builds, Unless the, the house, Lord builds the house, right? The so labor you, is labor in vain. Yes. It's vain to rise up early and stay up right. late to Amen. eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives <laughs> his beloved sleep. There's a little sleep scripture for hey, you too. Thank you. Um, 
what I was saying was, um, it would be a shame to get to the end of your life and have a, a beautiful house that you've built, but the Lord wasn't in it at all. You've labored in vain. And ultimately, guess what? That house is wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to get burned up. You will endure and have eternal life, yeah. but everything that you live for in this life right. will be burned up and your eternal reward right. will be that's, limited. That's the beautiful thing about doing the work of Jesus is because all that is carried over into yeah. the next life. And That's not the mo- main motivation of why you do it, but it is an added on to, an the, added on to. The greatest leader of all time <clears throat> will be Jesus because he is the leader of the body of Christ. And that's the greatest unit and operating force on this earth. So greatest leader of all time, Jesus. Can we yeah. admit that? Yes. But we have to look and say the greatest leader was the greatest follower because Amen. Jesus himself said, right. I don't say anything that my father doesn't exactly. say, and I don't do anything my father doesn't right. do. Man, we can say our favorite yeah. leadership books, man. Five dysfunctions of a team, start with why. <laughs> There's some great leadership books, yeah. but are we also investing in ourselves to be a better follower? Because if the greatest yeah. follower of all time, I mean, greatest leader of all time was a follower, let's right. be like our leader. Yeah. And I, I want to do this really quick. Uh, just because we we said a lot and went a lot of different directions, and we just said wisdom of the day, but I want to wrap it up real quick in the main points and of what we were talking about today, which ultimately was we we brought it in, we brought in the story of Simon of Cyrene, but we basically said, hey, are you partaking in the suffering of Jesus or are you being a CEO? Right? Christmas. Easter only Christian. So choosing to back Jesus and follow Jesus during the hard times, making sure that you're carrying his cross and promoting his vision, being a good follower and ultimately influencing yeah, people. Exactly. And don't just know about the cross. Don't just know how heavy it was for Jesus. Participate in it and advance it because right. if you're not advancing what God has, then no one's going right. to follow you. You're not going to feel that fulfillment of influence. And I have this to say too. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you say, why is that? It's very, it's actually very heavy on your own, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit. And that's why we access grace. Cause you put that cross on your back and you think, man, this is heavy. Okay, but what? guess what? He is our paraclete. One final thing about that. Come on. As you go, well, John, you you guys talk about how you do it. And man, you were talking about like man, being in an auditorium. And when you talk, you say words really fast. And sometimes you laugh and it's weird. I don't think I can do any of that. But I remember hearing a minister talk about the yoke that they were wooden. And they were customly yeah. cut to yes. each ox. God's yoke He's going to be custom to you. And there's going to be that charisma, that grace Come for on. you to carry it out. You got to spend time with him and go, I want to follow you. You're going to be right. partnered with me. Let's yeah. carry something. And the majority of yokes were not just for a single ox. It was dual sided. So dual-sided. you're on one side and that paraclete, not that paraclete, <laughs> the paraclete, the Holy Spirit is with there you. to yeah. help alongside. Amen. Well, Come on. will you allow the Holy Spirit to help you as you pray us out of this podcast? Yes. Brother? Father God, we thank you. We praise you in the early morning this morning before 8 a.m. We rise up early and we praise you, Father. We thank you for this opportunity that we have each and every week to be able to uh, speak, hopefully, words of wisdom and minister to those who are listening to us, Father God. I thank you even for a grace in what we do here. And for the listeners, Father God, I thank you that each and every one of them would access your divine grace, your divine empowerment to help them go beyond their natural ability and do um, what you've called them to do, no matter what arena of life they're in, Father God. And as they access that grace, they begin to access a bold 
boldness and a courage to stand up for you in the face of adversity, whether it's something as small as not turning down your music as Sonic or get, or standing right in the face of someone who's denying Jesus and not denying him themselves. Father God, I thank you. Whatever moment it is, whether whatever season of life someone is in, if they access that grace, they can stand in that face of adversity. They can pick up the cross and they can advance the kingdom of God forward. Um, cause that's what our heart and our desire is to do. Um, not to, uh, uh, have, you know, a lot of money and a lot of accomplishments, but to advance the kingdom forward. So I thank you that you're helping us do that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, rate, leave a <laughs> review, share this podcast. And folks, I look every week. I'm yep. looking to see ha- if we have a new uh, rating. If there's another review, I'm looking for those words. So maybe it's uh, Miko Rantanen all the way up in <laughs> uh, Steamboat Springs. Whoever it is, leave us, let us know what you think of it. And we'll be back next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J.